0: Thanks for listening to another message from Life Christian Church. We hope it challenges and encourages you and helps you to grow in your faith. Don't forget, download our app to stay up to date with what's going on at life. Share your prayer requests or pray for others. Read the Bible online and much, much more. Simply search for Life Christian Church in your app store. And how good is this? How good is it that the Holy Spirit lives within us? A little bit good. How good is this? This is a reality. This is why we can sing what we sing with great certainty. Because God is true. He doesn't just say words and then it's like, oh, that's kind of a nice word. We'll leave it at that. But actually, God backs up every promise. And when Jesus talks about sending the ultimate helper, he didn't just talk about it. He did it. And so today, our lives look very different because of the filling of the Holy Spirit that wouldn't have occurred otherwise. So Pentecost Sunday, it's It's an exciting uh, day. I don't know how exciting it is to speak about. I have so many different thoughts. I was just like, my head has just been scrambling and it's like there are so many different areas because... The Holy Spirit radically changes our life. So when we think about every life experience when we're in relationship with Jesus and filled with the Spirit, we could talk about that and that's the Holy Spirit working himself, herself out in us. It's this amazing thing. And so as I've been thinking about, it's like, God, where do you want to take today? What is it that you want to share today? And so the Holy Spirit, we're filled But how does that look in our day-to-day life? Where does it come into play in my workspace, in my home space, in church space? Is it all intertwined? Well, I'm sure that a lot of us would say yes, and that is true. But as we look at this day of Pentecost, when the Jewish believers, they were gathered in that place, and where the Holy Spirit is poured out, and then the church erupts from that place, it really is an amazing thing to think about. And it's not just about looking at it for tradition's sake. But if being traditional meant that we were as full of the Holy Spirit as the early church, is it such a bad thing to be traditional in that respect? And so so today is not just about a date on a calendar, But it's actually about acknowledging that the Holy Spirit was sent, that the church erupted from this place. And who here knows that being a Christian can be tough at times? A few hands, a few nods, a few waves, it can be tough. And Jesus knew this. And so he speaks to his disciples about it before he leaves. And in John 16, we're going to jump straight in. All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. And so we have to ask the question, what was Jesus talking about when he said, all of this you would know so that you will not fall away? So in John 15, Jesus, he's gathered with his disciples and he's talking about the disciples like branches. Jesus is like the vine and that God is the gardener that does the pruning, that brings the fruit. And he's saying that if you're going to produce any fruit in your life, that the branch has to be connected to the vine and God does the pruning. And for us, if there's going to be any fruit that is produced in our life, it is through us remaining in Jesus and he, he talks to the disciples about the fullness of love and joy that they will experience is determined by the amount that they will remain in Jesus. And so for us, there's this promise of when we remain in Jesus, when the branch remains in the vine, that we actually experience this joy that can't be experienced in any other way. And then Jesus goes on to talk about the Holy Spirit that will be sent. And this is so important that we get this, that he says the Holy Spirit doesn't operate independently of God the Father and Jesus himself, but actually they work in perfect harmony, that they are the perfect community, that they actually are all on the same page, they talk openly. And so it's not about... The spirit doing something that's not in line with God's character or Jesus's nature but they are all perfectly uh, working in harmony together and in John 16 and I'll read one again but John sixteen two to 4 all this I have told you so that you will not fall away they will put you out of the synagogue in fact the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God they will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you. And this is a really interesting point that there were things that Jesus didn't tell the disciples from the start because there are things that his physical presence bought. There were things like hope, security, certainty, there was a strength, there was insight, there was courage that Jesus' physical presence brought so he knew that in his absence that would open up a gap that would be there for his disciples and because he wanted them to succeed and to remain in his love, he didn't want them to be caught unaware and so on a much smaller scale, the things that Jesus talks about, he's, uh, it's like a deathbed conversation. People that are on their deathbed, they're not going to talk so much about the weather or small talk, but it's going to be those deep and meaningful life lessons because they know they're not going to be there for much longer. And so those that are left in their absence, they want to see them succeed. They want to leave them with the best lessons for living life and life to the full. Uh, On a much smaller scale, if I'm leaving my kids for two hours compared to ten days, my conversation with them is very different. If it's just for a couple of hours, it's probably a, have fun, see you soon. If it's ten days with no reception, it's more of a, I love you, don't forget that I love you, I'll miss you, I'll be thinking of you. Make sure you do what mum tells you to do. Make sure you, maybe I should say that more often. Make sure you do what mum tells you to do. Be kind to each other. Look out for each other. Make sure you're talking. If the ball goes out on the road, make sure you don't just chase it out there, but make sure you get mum. Excuse me. Help make sure you get mum to help you get the ball because I love you and I want to see you safe and protected. So I love you. I'll miss you. I'll be thinking of you and I'll see you in a fair while. The conversation is very different. And the conversation that Jesus has is very different because all of a sudden the disciples are becoming aware that Jesus' physical presence is going to be no longer. In John 16, 5-6, But now I am going to him who sent me. None of you ask me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. And we can get this. His disciples have walked the journey so closely for three years and all of a sudden their courageous leader is not going to be with them any longer. We get why they, would be, uh, why they would be feeling sad, why they would be feeling down. There would be questions of, does it really have to go like this? Does this really have to be the way? But then Jesus says in verse 7, "'Very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away.' Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And here there is a bombshell moment or a lights-on moment where the disciples, are they've been told that it's for their benefit that Jesus goes away. And it's not to be confused with the purpose Jesus came to earth. Jesus' purpose of coming to earth to give humanity the, the opportunity to be in relationship with God through the life and forgiveness of sins that Jesus brought and lived out. And so that's the purpose. But here, with Jesus going and in his absence, he says, now this is for your benefit that I go. And sometimes we can be in a place where we feel like we don't have that physical presence of Jesus in our life. We can end up where we're not living in a place of hope or joy or confidence. We're not living in that place where we have insight or wisdom, where we feel uh, empty, where we don't feel like we have the ultimate helper. But yet Jesus promised that in his physical absence, he would send the ultimate helper, our advocate. Which means if I'm not experiencing those things, there's still more filling in my life that God has to do. And this is actually a really good thing. This isn't a negative statement. Oh man, God's got more filling to do in my life. No, ah, excellent, God's got more filling to do in my life and he is the infinite resource which can never run out. So he is going to infinitely fill me, which means the ultimate help, it's on its way. Oh my goodness, in a split second, I feel it, I know it, I have courage, I have hope, I have faith, I have wisdom, I have insight, not because of me, but because of the Holy Spirit dwelling within this is actually something that is a positive statement and so i want to jump into acts and i think today it's fitting to go back to the scene where Um, where the Holy Spirit fell. But just prior, I want to pick up in Acts 1. So Jesus has gone to the cross. He's died, risen again. Um, He's cruised around for a while. He's spent some time with the disciples and appearing to random people. And then we, we pick up into Acts. So Acts 1, 4 to 5. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, as in Jesus was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And this is setting the scene for Pentecost. And so Pentecost was a Jewish um, festival that happened before Pentecost gets redefined as we know it today. And it was so pen, Penta penti, being five and fifty, it was fifty days after the First Fruits offering that they would gather together for Pentecost. And so they're gathered together but they're also hanging on to what Jesus said about wait in this place, I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And so they are in this traditional festival, but something new is about to happen. Acts 2, wonderful. When the day of Pentecost came, all of the believers gathered in one place... Suddenly a sound came from heaven. It was like a strong wind blowing. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw something that looked like fire in the shape of tongues. The flames separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in languages they had not known before. The Spirit gave them the ability to do this. And it's just a brief note, but an important note. It was the Spirit that gave this ability. In verse 5, "'Godly Jews from every country in the world were staying in Jerusalem. "'A crowd came together when they heard the sound. "'They were bewildered because each of them heard their own language being spoken. "'The crowd was really amazed. "'They asked, aren't all these people who are speaking Galileans? "'Then why do we each hear them speaking in our own native language?' And this comment of, aren't all these people speaking? Aren't they Galileans? Quite a distinct look, a thick accent, easy to tell where they're from. And they're saying they're from Galilee, but how come they're speaking in our our language? And I find that this this notion or this what they identify as a Galilean accent and look, we see this in. Uh, few chapters earlier in a different book but we see that a little bit earlier in Luke 22 and I want to draw our attention to this today about an hour later another asserted certainly this fellow was with him for he is a Galilean Peter replied man I don't know what you're talking about And just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. And so here we have a situation where the Galilean accent is about to bring glory to God. And then I've just read from an event that was actually something that highlighted a shame and a regret for Peter. And so just two months earlier, this is Peter where he disowns Jesus. Ashamed, not wanting to be known as a follower of Jesus. But then we read about him in Acts, and we're about to go into verse 13. And we read about Peter in a very different light. Verse 13, but some people in the crowd made fun of the believers. They've had too much wine, they said, and they can be forgiven for thinking this, Uh, speaking in different languages, it would have sounded like gibberish to many people, all these different languages happening, they would have been swaying, and there would have been excitement. If we aren't looking from today's lens of knowing the Holy Spirit filled them, it would be a really reasonable assumption. In verse 14, So Peter speaks to the crowd. Then Peter stood up with the eleven apostles. In a loud voice he spoke to the crowd. My fellow Jews, he said, let me explain this to you. All of you who live in Jerusalem listen carefully to what I say. You think these people are drunk but they aren't. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, here is what the prophet Joel meant when he said, and then he goes in to talk about um, what what the prophet Joel was saying and the prophecy he was talking about with God's spirit being poured out and what would happen. And then in verse 38, so remember this is Peter. Peter that denied Jesus just two months earlier, that was ashamed, that was weeping because of the regret and remorse. All of you must turn away from your sins and be baptised in the name of Jesus Christ. Then your sins will be forgiven. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children. It is also for all who are far away. It is for all whom the Lord our God will choose. Peter said many other things to warn them. He begged them, save yourselves from these evil people. Those who accepted his message were baptised. About 3,000 people joined the believers that day. Now, to me, this doesn't sound like an ashamed and afraid Peter. Does anybody agree? Do you think this sounds like an ashamed and afraid Peter? No, it doesn't, does it? It sounds like somebody that all of a sudden has access to the infinite resource and power of God through the Holy Spirit. And the transformation that happened in Peter's life is what the Holy Spirit does in our life. And I love those moments when we see the Holy Spirit just sweep a place where there are healing, where people are taken from lightness to darkness, when brokenness is made whole. I love seeing the, just the power in that. And I also see, uh, I love seeing the day-to-day where people, where the Holy Spirit is outworking in our lives, bringing about everything that God desires for us. It really is incredible. And just like they said about uh, Peter, we look at Peter and go, it has to be God that has given that boldness. And, and later on we read about him and the amazing way that he stands up again in front of a group of people. And they say, this, these aren't words from just unschooled people, but it's actually the power of God working through a life. And for, for me, people could look at me and go, Gee, I see something in Andrew's life, but he's a Galilean, but God's speaking something personally to me. It can't be Andrew. It has to be God. And it's really important to note that while 3,000 were added to that number that day through the speaking of tongues that happened, it was never about the gift. It was never about the tongues, but it was actually God working through the gift that would draw people to himself. And it's so important to remember that the spirit of God is always about connecting us with God and drawing other people to himself. That it's never about the gift in itself, but it's actually about God being glorified through that. In 2015, Volkswagen, um, they reshaped the, the world of Emissions. They came up with they came up with a way that they could have their vehicles operating with way better emission standards than anybody else, and they'd um, designed a new motor, a new program, so that their vehicles they they produce so little emissions that other manufacturers, researchers, developers, technicians, they were like, how have they done that? How on earth is that possible? The signs and wonders everywhere, amazing marketing. So it turned out that Volkswagen had programmed their computer to operate at a certain setting when testing was happening and then when it rolled off the floor it went back to everyday so it went well but the emissions were much the same as every other manufacturer. So it was actually just all um, deceit, it was deceptive. And we have to be so careful that we don't get caught into getting so focused on signs and wonders that we forget it's about the outworking and it's the outworking because it works out of our lives. And so with Volkswagen, what was read, what was being portrayed was not actually what was happening on the inside. And in Galatians 5, 22 to 23, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And this is the strengthening work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that we would live with these things. And so if we're going to ask ourselves, well, how full of the Holy Spirit am I? We can ask ourselves this question. So the fruit that's being produced in my life, is it love, is it joy, is it peace, is it patience, is it kindness, is it goodness, is it faithfulness, is it gentleness, is it self-control? And just like the Holy Spirit had an incredible impact in, that ch- in the emerging church, which allowed the church to have an incredible impact on the culture, that is what God has in store for us. That we would have an incredible impact on the culture around us and these attributes of the Spirit working in our, in our life, that as we remain, remain in Jesus, not remain, that's uh, up the road, as we remain in Jesus, that we would produce these things because it allows God to do the pruning work that he wants and it allows that that connection to remain where fruit will be produced in our life. But we can't do it independently. We can't do it on our own. And actually... All the fruit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control they're somewhat easy if we live alone. Oh, I was like, there are certain demographics that I want to ask, like, how does that statement resonate with you? But I'm not going to go there. But they're easy when we live on our own. But when we start mixing and interacting with others which God has designed for us, all of a sudden the spotlight can be put on whether we have good fruit or not so good fruit in our lives but it's the feeling of the holy spirit that allows this when we are connected into the infinite life-giving source of god that fills us with the infinite power that the holy spirit brings that we would live transformed lives and that the way that we live in a place of transformation we would help other people be brought into that place of transforma- transformation through their personal revelation and connection with jesus Uh, between about the ages of 15 to 18 I got right into going to the gym and can you tell no I can't tell either so it must be too many years ago but I got right into going to the gym loved it would go five six seven times a week and following the program and it was I liked the results that came and over the few years that I was doing it, I observed this thing where people would come for one month, two months, go to the gym twice a week and then they'd just drop away because what they could see that they wanted to get to, they didn't get there in one month or two months and so they'd just leave it. The motivation would totally go. And to see the fruit of the Spirit in our lives... It has to be so much more than a a twice-a-week deal. It has to be so much more than just buy a membership and leave it deal. But it's actually being filled, a continual filling, and then out of that place we see our lives transformed and changed. And so I would hate to see us get to a place where the fruit in our life, it, it doesn't look much different next week to what it does this week. That it doesn't look much different next month to what it does this month. That next year, it doesn't really look any different. But I am confident that because God is an infinite God with infinite power, that as we are continually filled, there is no way that we can arrive fully at the destination that he has for us until we leave this earth. And so there's still work to be done, but it's a power of the Holy Spirit. I'd love to get the team back and I would want to head into Ephesians 3 and 20, but team, please come back up. Ephesians 3 and 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, Has anybody ever asked a really big question of God? I have. Does anybody think they could ask a bigger question of God? I do. And today as we come to Pentecost Sunday, I think God's wanting to stretch us out of some comfort zone But not for the sake of stretching us out of a comfort zone, but because he wants us to realise that he can do immeasurably more than we ask or think, more than we can imagine. I love the way that the message puts Ephesians 3 and 20. God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. And this is how he does it, that he grows our faith and our our expectancy in him, that it grows our confidence in him. The meaning of the word infinite, you've probably been seeing it on the screen a little bit, this message, but the meaning of the word infinite, limitless or endless in space, extent or size. Impossible to measure or calculate. And to me, this sounds like a pretty fair description of the Holy Spirit. Impossible to measure or to calculate. That it just continues on. Who could have ever predicted that the church would erupt from this point of Pentecost like it did? Unpredictable. Only God knew. Who could have ever predicted the healing power that humanity would be given access to when the Holy Spirit was released? Who could have ever measured the lives that have been transformed, that are being transformed, and that will be transformed through Jesus sending the ultimate helper? Limitless, endless impossible to measure the infinite power of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us to impact this world it's infinite and it's incredible and today I want to finish this message in a way that's a bit strange for me I must admit but I want to finish this message by reading a passage of scripture to you but also as a declaration And so I would love it if you would stand with me as I read this over you and then we'll um, head back into another song before the end of the service. But I just feel so strongly that this is what God wants to see declared over your life. So please declare this over your own life with me. In Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. When I think of all this... I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all oh, glory to God, who is able to through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. And God, this is our prayer, this is our cry, this is our heart's desire that we would know what it is to be consumed by you, that we would pursue you with everything that we have. And God, today as we declare this over our lives, I pray that we would have a renewed determination and a renewed hunger, a renewed vigour to pursue all that you have for us. So God, I commit every person to you today let this not leave us as we walk out the door but let our monday look different as a result of the revelation you gave to us sunday let next week look different because we're in the gym we're exercising some spiritual muscle let us not fall into the trap of feeling that we have to do it on our own in our own strength but you've given us the ultimate helper the infinite resource Let us not forget that, not just when we're on top of a mountain, but when we're in times of trouble and struggle. So God, we thank you that you sent the Holy Spirit to be with us for all time.